Welcome to the GBC Big 3 podcast, our weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised in our Sunday service. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and what a week it has been. So much has changed since we last recorded our Big 3 with the increase of regulations in response to the COVID-19 virus and the changes in physical distancing. We, as a church, had to move online and the GBC team rallied together and put on an incredible service for our community on Sunday. And a member of that powerhouse team is my co-host for today, Mark Coleman. Mark, how are you feeling after the week that has been? Yeah, it's been a fast-paced week, but I feel a bit like a chameleon, having to change and adapt to ever-changing circumstances. But I'm good. Absolutely. And they have been changing quick and and regularly as well. So you guys did amazing on Sunday. It was great to be a part of that. And Mark Rader, you spoke um, about the Ungathered Church, an appropriate title, I feel, considering the context that we were in, in our services on Sunday. What are your reflections coming out of everything? I think I'm still uh, kind of like Mark, feel like I'm still catching up on stuff, really. Mm. Uh, things move really quickly. There's still a great deal of ambiguity around it. Um, I thought, you know, our online services were great. I wonder how that'll feel four months from now, like whether we'll still have the same momentum. So there's still, still a lot to, to work out, but um, it's kind of a, while it's been disruptive, there's some kind of exciting opportunities for us, I think, as a church to understand who we are as the church when we're not gathered together and mm. all of that means for us. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit of everything. Yeah, it is a bit of everything. Well, listen, your message was a massive encouragement for me and I'm sure it was for the hundreds of people who logged on to watch on Sunday. If you want to listen to that sermon, you still can on our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But as we normally do today, we're going to unpack the three big questions submitted through Slido on our Sunday service. So, gents, let's get into the big three. Well, Mark, your message was clearly in response to how dramatically our world has changed, not just over the last week, but just over the last months as well, um, due to COVID-19, specifically how it has changed for us in the way that we do church. We are the church ungathered now more than ever. And you reminded us that the church in the sense of the traditional Sunday gathering is actually not the goal, but rather is the time and space where we come together to prepare. The church is out there, wherever you are, wherever I am, wherever we are. And so that kind of stems into our first question. What preconceptions about church must we let go of as we face this new world? Yeah, I I think... I think to some degree, we're going to figure that out as we go, mm. right? Um, you know, one of the things about a lot of our preconceived notions is that they're, they're very often unconceived, right? Like yeah. we don't even notice, notice them. We're, there's assumptions that we make about things. You know, it's almost like that old um, proverb, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, Yeah. you know? Uh, and so there are a few things that I think we, we're going to have to get used to, you know, when we... Uh, put our service online. You know, one of the things that I referenced in the message was missing 
um, corporate worship where there's a hundred people together. Like there's something about a whole group of people singing that, you know, while we might be able to meet in family groups or if we're outside and have enough distancing, slightly larger family groups, like mm. we're not going to get that experience. And, and that's not really a preconceived notion, but it's, it's something that becomes real when all of a sudden, you know, as I was on Sunday, you know, I came to the building to make sure if anyone hadn't got the news. So I was sitting in the foyer of the church singing by myself. Uh, and so it's just kind of like, well, it's, it's just, just really quite strange. I, I think though the, the, the bigger piece and what I was, I think just kind of edging into a little bit in the message is the idea that we have to be gathered together to be the church. Uh, it's a very institutional view of the church. Um, and it's a very, uh, almost a cultural view of the church, right? Where we're reflecting on the history. So when people say, hey, would you like to come to church? What that has not always meant, but has meant for us for a long time has come with me to a physical location sometime on a Sunday and participate in a religious service, yeah. right? Um, and, and so we're gonna have to kind of change the way we talk about church. You know, not only are we not going to be able to invite people to church, apart from inviting them into the online space, but yeah. we have to think about the church um, not so much as, an, as a noun, but as a verb, yeah, right? Great. You know, we have to be thinking about the church as what is the church, what's the church been built for? Why, why did Jesus establish the church? Mm. And it wasn't just to hold gatherings. The, the gatherings, the social function of the church, the worship services of a church were were a reflection of their purpose, right? Mm. So Jesus didn't say, listen, I want you to gather together and you got to sing you know, three songs, then it'd be handy to do some announcements. And, right? it, mm. But those were the outcomes of the church recognizing, okay, if we are continuing the mission of God, wherever that is, it'd be really helpful if we gathered together for a mutual encouragement and you know, to, to, listen to, to listen to someone who maybe you know, in the earliest days walked with Jesus or knew one of the apostles and, and can reflect a bit and remind us because it's harder. It's harder. It's harder to be the church as a, as a verb in the community. Much easier to be a religious organization, yeah. right? Particularly if you've been around for a while, there's nothing confronting anymore about it. You know the routine, you know what you're doing. We're generally amongst friends in that sense. You know, we might be sitting next to people who hold slightly different theological opinions on us, but generally speaking, we get on okay. Um, being the church in the world means that we're gonna run up against all sorts of things that yeah. not just, not that, that we disagree with, but that which disagree with us. Yeah. Uh, and, and so meeting together is a function of who we're meant to be. Mm. And so I think, you know, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question much. I think that, <laughs> it's you know, because it, 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 it. Yeah, well, I think it, it, it will become clearer for us. You know, yeah. my reflection earlier that, you know, I think our first online f service was great. Mm. I, you know, I don't know exactly what I imagined, but it was, it was great. It was really good. I was really pleased with what we were able to pull together um, and really pleased with the response, you know, watching the online chat. Yeah. It was really encouraging. Yeah, that was the piece for me, you know, standing here in the foyer singing along where you're kind of like, okay, well, heaps of people are doing the same thing right now. So I didn't feel so alone. It was kind of an emotional thing. But I do think, you know, three months from now, you know, like it was kind of, um, it was novel. Mm. It was novel. But in, in three months, four months, how are we going to really tap in? And I, and I think the answers to that will stem out of the answers to that question, which are what are those preconceived notions that right now I'm not even sure that I'm aware of? Yeah. And I'm probably the wrong person to answer the yeah. question. 
I go work in a church for crying out loud. So, you know, the, the assumptions for me will be a little bit different. Yeah. So like, I, I think it's somewhere in that space. And on that, like, I, I think that's an interesting idea. Like everyone wanted to be there for the first one and there was this buzz and excitement and that's great. Like there was, and, and yeah, I loved watching the chats and people just going, yes, we are here. Like that, there was this atmosphere but what will it look like in two, three, four months' time? And I wonder if that taps into maybe one of those preconceived notions of, and, and I think church has always kind of talked about this, this consumeristic idea of church. What can I get out of it? Well, listen, now things are, things are changing. We had a, a conversation as a youth leadership team, because obviously we're trying to do youth ministry different. And, you know, my response was, because, you know, leaders were going, oh, but what about this kid? And what about that kid? And obviously we, we want to be there for everyone, but this is not a perfect solution because this is not a perfect situation. And so there's going to be a, a cost to being a part of the church during this season, because you won't get everything that you want from it. I, I'm sorry if, if that's what you think that you're going to get. I, I'm popping that bubble right now. Like, But the shift will be from attending church to recognizing who we are meant to be yep. as the church sent mm. and therefore gathering in whatever form we're allowed to, to facilitate that mission, to yep. facilitate that purpose. And so the sooner we as a community of faith and as communities of faith, because this is not just us, it's, you know, it's everyone. Yeah. The sooner we can come to terms with what does it look like for us to, to, to do the church, yeah. the mission of the church, the sooner we will begin to recognize what we need mm. to encourage us, to equip us, to strengthen yeah. us, to recenter us and refocus mm. us in our gatherings. And that will dictate the form that we, we do online, yeah. or whatever the case might yeah. be. So, yeah. And I think that, that whole idea that we can't exclude human to human interaction. Like that is, that is mm. kind of part of what it means to be the church, but we have to be creative about the yeah. ways that that operates. And, and, and I think that we have to look into spaces of recognizing the mission of the church is to invite people you know, into this relationship with Jesus, to follow God and, um, and, and we have to find new ways of doing that. And I think, but also we, uh, our kind of language of invitation is, is going to look different. So it's going to look like caring for our neighbours. It's going to look like, uh, you know, paying attention to the situations around us, that reflection, recognising the vulnerable within our society. And in some ways that's not new. Like that is actually what the church is yeah. called to and has been called to for all time. It's just the ways that we do that change. And I think that what this situation has done for us has in some ways kind of brought them into sharper focus, crystallized uh, the, the mission, the purpose of the church and, and forced us to think creatively about how it is we're going to interact with people and the world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, obviously, this is, these are uncertain times and they're kind of scary times as well. Like there is a lot of anxiety, there is a lot of fear. But I do think that there's also opportunity here, kind of like, I guess what both you're saying, like there's, there's an opportunity to refocus mm. and not necessarily redefine, but return to the original intention of the church. Mm. And, you know, I think what this does is it fast forwards it for us. Yeah. You well, know? yeah. So as a community of faith, we've been over the last two years in particular, mm. we've been we've been talking a lot about, 
You know, yeah. as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And mm. you know, the, the work of the church is out there. It's not in here. Um, but it's, that's a hard message to live out. Mm. But all of a sudden, well, the church isn't in here anymore. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to do it. We've got mm -hmm. it. So I think I think there's the opportunity exactly, Matt, to, to to really fast forward our appropriation of who I think we've always known we we are, mm. um, uh, but to work that through a little bit more specifically. Yeah. So. Well, I guess that's a challenge for us and for mm. our community moving forward. Is maybe we need to have eyes open to see those those preconceived ideas and and allow them to be challenged in this new setting. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you brought us back to a significant verse for our church, John 20, 21, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And again, you were reminding us as a community of faith that we are still, even in the current setting and the current situation, we are still being called to participate with God wherever we are, whether that's, you know, just from the space of our living room and we're in self-quarantine, but that that is the work of the church. And so that brings us to our second question. What does it look like to be sent in a world where we can't necessarily go? Mm. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that. Mm. Um, kind of as, a, um, as an extension of the first question, which yeah. probably works out really quite nicely then. But yeah, you know, if, we're, if we're gonna be sending everybody out, what's the work that they're gonna be doing? Mm. And it's not the work that we could have done even a week ago, yeah. right? And, and so I, I've, been, I've been thinking that through a little bit. I mm. think there, there are a few pieces, I think, in that. But I, I think that um, we, we just have to look to, you know, our families and our neighborhoods as best we can. Mm. Um, I think that there's something very powerful. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, we're, we're trying to sit farther apart than we might normally, you know, if we were, you know, when you're, when you're recording something, is to, tr is to to show to the best of our abilities that we're trying to live up to the yeah. restrictions. You know? So the prime minister, if you've listened to any of his, um, his presentations, he's been pretty disappointed with the Australian population as mm. a whole. And, and while we don't serve the prime minister per se, yeah. you know, I think that there's something for us as Christians to say, you know what? We're not gonna do the whole, oh, we trust God, so let's go down to the beach. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're gonna to try to be, um, well, we're gonna be those who are others focused, yeah. one of our values. Mm. And we're gonna be thinking about the people around us. And so we're just gonna be smart. And so I think that that's a, an important witness. And then I think that the work in our families, uh, I think the work in our neighborhoods, uh, I think being those who are just touching base with those around us, mm. you know, thinking, you know, one of the problems I think when we, experience such anxious and ambiguous times is that our circle of concern or our circle of care shrinks in, you know? So when, when everything's great, the circle around me is quite large and, yeah. and I've got lots of space for, for other people in that. When I get anxious or tired or stressed, that circle comes right in. Mm. And so it's just, it's, sometimes it's just big enough for me, yep. you know? Yep. And then my family maybe and my closest friends. And I think we need to be those who are trying to find the capacity that I think comes from the Holy Spirit to be able to kind of allow that circle to be a bit bigger. You know, we're not gonna be able to draw the circle around our football clubs or our netball clubs or our dance 
you know, groups or whatever the things that we used to do only a couple of weeks ago. We're not gonna, it's not gonna be that big, but who can we include in our circle? Yeah. And, and just be touching base. You know, I think that, that that's gonna be really quite powerful. Mm. You know, one of the things that this, you know, one of the things that's been, I guess, a subtext in some of the concerns that people have had is not just around people's physical health, but around their mental health. Yes. You know, um, you know, and our mental health isn't good when we're interacting with other people. Mm. And we know that being isolated doesn't help. So how do we, how do we, how do we lean into that yeah. space? So I think there are a few places where we can be a little bit more deliberate. Yeah. yeah. I, I was um, reflecting kind of on this question as well. And, and I think this is the, in some ways, this is the crux, I guess, of, of what we're called to right in this space. And, and in fact, someone emailed me this morning reminding me of a book that I have read and, and they said they've been reading it too. And they came across this quote. Um, and um, and it's, it's basically, it's from this book, Eugene Peterson's book, Run With The Horses, which um, centers on um, kind of the book of Jeremiah, and particularly Jeremiah's words to God's people in exile. And they found themselves in Babylon, in a place that was totally unfamiliar to them, and they had to explore a totally new way of being the people of God in a context that you know, they were unfamiliar with, in a context that they um, you know, felt uncomfortable about. And, um, you know, and I love it. This, this quote talks about how um, you know, the people of God in that space uh, didn't lose their identity. They discovered it and that they also became incredibly creative. And it, it drove them into deeper spiritual practices, deeper spiritual practices like um, prayer, um, because they were entirely dependent upon God in that circumstance to interact with their new surroundings. And I think they're the sorts of things that we are invited into as well. Mm, yeah. like, and I think that there's a, a, a really important, uh, two kind of pieces out of that. Like I think one is the spiritual practice piece. Yeah. Right, because we can often um, outsource our spiritual yeah. development to church, <laughs> or a life group, or a youth ministry, or whatever it might be, and we have to we have to insource that now, right? Yeah. And you know, it's the resources of the Holy Spirit and prayer and devotion and, and those sorts of things. I think become quite important, but also that you know, one of the one of the subtexts in those Jeremiah passages, and you find it in 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 the in the exilic period, right? When the people of Israel were sent, well, not sent, they were dragged away, yeah. but you know, uh, they, were, they were taken to different places. For some, they saw that as a place where faith could grow, mm. right? For others, they abandoned it altogether. Mm, and so we are, I think we need to be aware of this, you know, and as, it might be worth saying that, you know, as a, as a leadership, we're starting to think about what we're gonna be preaching through and thinking yeah. through and, I think that I, I, I want to take some time to look through the epistle of Hebrews mm. because it's all about not drifting away. Mm. Because I think that this is a space not just to uncover some of those assumptions about church, not only potentially mm. to deepen our spirituality, but if we're not careful, this could also be that moment when we just drift away. Yeah, and actually one of the uh, analogies that was constantly spoken to me uh, in youth group about the importance of going to church was this idea of, you know, coals being together and that they, they keep their heat by being together. And that was the kind of the encouragement to be in a church space. And, and to a certain extent, we've got physical distance now. So we are coals that are physically separated. But absolutely, I think, you know, as, as Jeremiah and that underlying practice within there is, and, and Mark raises that, mm -hmm those spiritual practices become so important because although we are uh, as 
kind of humans separate physically from each other, we have to be so intentional about our, pra our practices of connecting with one another. Yeah. But also, we've got to keep connected to the source. We have to be you know, coming back to God and, and finding that kind of that fire, the heat of God again in our, in our personal devotions and, and in the ways that we use technology to kind of interact with one another. Yeah, and I think that the the spiritual practices become a sense of unity. Like mm. That was one of the things that, yeah. that marked the Jewish people apart after the exile. Like if you bumped into a Jew anywhere in the Roman Empire, for instance, you knew them because of these, these kind of sets of distinctive practices. Mm. And so there's a sense of recognizing that we're, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're engaged in spiritual practices, not just because of my relationship with Jesus, but also because this is what followers of Jesus do. And I'm doing this and so is Matt and so is Mark and so are the, the members of our, my community of faith, wherever they might be. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a whole bunch for us to be, to be doing as followers of Jesus yeah. in, in the midst of our ministry that might not look like it has in the past. Well, and it, it probably won't because it can't. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I think I, just one other thing I'd just love to add is that um, we can feel uh, a fear or an anxiety around having to develop and, and find new ways of re-engaging. And I, and I think to a certain extent, some of that, uh, not anxiety, but some of that kind of wake up is good for us. I mm. think that should, and if it does drive us into deeper spiritual practice, that's excellent. But, um, but the other thing I think that, I, like I found kind of comforting in this space is that Jesus was the most creative person who ever lived. Mm. Like if, if we believe that he is unified with God the Father who created, designed the world, that he is in a reflection of that, you know, he is God and uh, that his creativity comes through. And, and it's that creativity that we are connecting with. And I think in this space, we have to recognize that the church throughout history has responded to situations like this and, uh, and, and other times of oppression. Um, you know, there's countless kind of examples of that throughout the Bible, but it responded with extraordinary creativity. And that is a creativity that I believe is open to us. Um, you know, we, we have to pay attention to where the Holy Spirit is leading us to um, because the, the Holy Spirit is not surprised by the situation. He knows what's going on and he is inviting us to respond in extraordinarily creative ways. Mm. And, and like, I think it's great if we can kind of tap into the excitement of that because it refreshes our commitment to listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit, and also being kind of creative and nimble in the way that we respond to things. Yeah. Again, we've kind of come back to that piece of, you know, as much as there is a lot of anxiety around the current situation, there is opportunity as well. And I think as the church, we need to be ready to respond and, and, and adapt, be creative and follow the guidance of the Spirit in that space. Hmm. Well, Mark, um, wrapping up for us, the passage that you spoke on on Sunday came from Romans 16 and Paul is talking to the church in Rome. He didn't see each gathering, each group as like a mini church, a mini cluster. He saw them all as part of the one church. He saw one city with one church. Which brings us to our third and final question. What does it look like to unite the church in our city of Sydney? 
That looks like a miracle <laughs> of God, I think. And now I'm ready yeah. for your three-point sermon on yeah, how we that, achieve that. That's right. <laughs> oh, geez. Might be more than three points and I might need a little more time. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's worth kind of, um, I think it's worth saying that um, unity in the church in Sydney does not need to look like unity in the church in Rome in the yeah. first century. Yeah. Like I think you know, sometimes we have this kind of very rosy image of the early church. Mm. And if we could just be like the early church again, everything would be fine. And you just have to read the letter to the Corinthians to realize that that's not the case. You know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a complete mess. But, you know, and so there's a big difference between, you know, how, how many Christians are there in Sydney? Mm. You know, let's just say that there's 100,000. You know, that's a lot different than the entire Church of Rome, which might have been 40 to 100 people mm. who probably knew each other well enough that a greeting to Matt Willis made sense for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I know Matt. Like, yeah. I bumped into him at one of the other gatherings or whatever it might be. Mm. So um, I think it's, it's worth just kind of separating that yeah. a little bit. So I don't <laughs> think that whatever we do in Sydney, whatever, whatever that ends up looking like, should ever necessarily mm. look like that again. However, you know, we, we tend to be... Um, we tend to be concerned about building our own things. Yeah. You know, um, some of that I think is human nature, not and not in a in a sinful way, but just human nature. Mm. You know, you pay that it's that circle thing, right? You know, you you pay attention to the people in your community of faith, and you, you know, people of similar interests tend to gather together, which gives a particular flavor to a particular mm. expression of faith, and all those sorts of things. And I think that's all valid and mm. and quite worthwhile. Um, I think that in, you know, in this time, I think, you know, the sharing of resources becomes very, very different, yeah. you know, yeah. so, you know, uh, we're really grateful for the, for the resources that we've used from Life Church in the United mm. States. Mm. They're committed to, you know, the version of the Bible, um, that, that app is free for anyone around the world. Their church online platform is free to any church. And, you know, that's just been an enormous example yeah. of being big hearted on their behalf mm. that we've benefited from. Mm. You know, and yet I know that for us, we have capacity as a, you know, as a slightly larger community of faith um, to be able to, you know, put together a service that we were able to, you know, mm. and there are lots of churches that are, they're quite small and unable to do that. So yeah. how do we share some of those resources, you know, without... You know, and it's kind of nice, I think, because you're not pinching anybody because they're not leaving the, any particular community of faith. They're yeah. just logging in to kind of yeah. participate with what it means to be encouraged and as believers and as followers of Jesus to then go back to what they're doing. So yeah. I think there's, it's a little bit less risky mm. in that sense. So mm. I, th I think that's one way that we can be a little bit more unified. Um, I, I think that there's, you know, a reminder of, I think of, you know, what's, what's really important for us, mm. you know, the identity of the church, mm. that we're not just about building institutions and organizations, we're about the ministry yeah. of Jesus. And, and I think we've always known that, it's always been on the books, <laughs> but we can get so caught up in what we're doing that it's hard to spot, yeah. right? So I think that there's some, there's some value in that space. Mm. Um, you know, boy, I'd, I'd love for it to be a little bit more unified than that, but I, I don't know what, what more to expect, so. Like. Mm. I, it's interesting you, you raised the point about um, 
the kind of the ease of which we can log on and look at other churches. And I, and I think, like, I don't want to focus too much on negatives, but one of the things we've got to be aware of is the potential for increased comparison. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that's really easy from a kind of pastoral um, staff space because you're thinking, oh, I'm looking for ideas and I want to know what we can do. And you can very easily slip into the comparison trap. But I think, you know, like people within churches can slip into that as well and go, oh, well, our church isn't doing this, but I've seen it done here. And, and we've got to be aware of where you know, there's this brave new world of creative space for us to do, do church, but the enemy is going to use every tool he's got to, to kind of divide us in that space as well. And so I think part of us standing united as yeah. one church in Sydney is about us all taking responsibility for not slipping into comparison in that space. Mm. Yeah, I think that, that, that'd be really true. Particularly, you know, I think we always compare churches. I, you know, I don't, I'm often... I'm often here. <laughs> Usually I'm here. So, you know, I don't get to compare churches very often. Yeah. But, you know, whenever I'm in another church, I like, I like poking around to see what they're doing and what they're trying and all yeah. those sorts of things. But it's quite limited. Whereas, you know, I mean, on Sunday, you could have, if you spent even a minute, you, you could have looked at hundreds of churches yeah. across Australia, mm. even, beyond, uh, even beyond, yeah. to get ideas yeah. uh, or to compare and go, yeah, we're better than that. Oh, we're not as good as yeah. that. Let's not watch that anymore. You know, whatever it might yeah. be. And, and, and I think we have to be very careful about yeah. that. And I think, you know, it's, uh, it's a tricky one. Mm. You know, we, we were, uh, well, you know, uh, we were quite deliberate about encouraging people to participate. Yeah. You know, cause the medium of a screen, it's, I think, uh, you know, our phones and our tablets are a little bit less passive than television right because we're used to touching and swiping and yeah. you know so at least it's a little bit more interactive yeah. but but looking through a screen boy it's really passive and mm. and so how do we encourage people to participate yeah. i think becomes really quite important as well yeah. which is again not really about unity per se mm. but i think it, it links in a little bit in the sense of it helps defeat the comparisons yeah. right because what we're doing is join your community of faith or yeah. or you know if your church is too small or doesn't have the resources, like mm. please join us, mm. but, but join us or join another church online, but yeah. join them and, yeah. and be part of it for this period of time and then talk about it with the people that are part of your community of faith. Yeah. You know, if you're still you know, doing phone calls with your uh, life group or whatever you call your groups in your church, talk about the, the online service that you've all decided to attend, like join in, like, yeah. Don't 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 channel surf. Yeah. You know, don't don't yeah. don't web surf yeah. just to try to find the best show. Mm. Or yeah. uh, so I think you know, which is again not really unity, but it touches on the comparison. No, but I feel like it's taken us on a full circle again back to what we were talking about in that first question, which is we need to um, I guess break down some of those unhelpful ideas around what church is. And and as you guys were both talking, I was thinking again like we need to we need to keep in check our consumeristic ideas because it's not about, oh, what's this church doing? And I rather that, or, oh, we should try and figure this out. Let's do it that way. It's about being apart and uniting together as the body of Christ, wherever we are, whatever we're doing and participating in, in what God is doing in our world because he continues to work, whether we're in lockdown or not. God continues to move in the Sullen Shire and beyond and in our world. And we need to be driven to be a part of that. I think one of those, one of the things that 
that also comes out in these kinds of times. And, you know, like I'm a, I'm a generation that's, that's never lived through a world war. Mm. Um, and um, so I am only able to reflect on this kind of as a, uh, historical, you know, as a historian, although I never call myself that. Uh, but um, you see in wartime that the kind of the idea of the common enemy is, is what unites people. And people go, okay, like we did have differences, but we've got to unite because there's something that's bigger that's against us. And, yeah. and, and I think, you know, the kind of the nature of a global pandemic means that there is a common enemy right mm. now. Like, and, uh, and we have to unite against that and I think um, I'm, I'm actually excited for the ways that um, seeking to unite against a common enemy and, you know, and, and the impact that that has on, on churches gathering as well as on health and resources and all of those sorts of things, uh, that invites us to uh, kind of put differences aside and, uh, and to say, hey, how can we help you? And, you know, and I, I think about that denominationally. You know, like I, I've just started a, a leadership training program with a bunch of uh, people who work in the Salvation Army. And the conversations that I have with them, I just think you are extraordinarily well equipped for uh, reaching marginalized within our society, meeting the needs of those who are kind of vulnerable and in need. And I just think I, you know, I'd love us to be better in that space. Mm. And similarly, they were having conversations with us and saying, you know, oh, like we, we just love the richness and the depth of preaching that we're getting you know, from other churches. We would love a bit more of that. Now is the opportunity for us to kind of work together yeah. in those spaces. And of course, the work that the Salvation Army is doing with um, vulnerable people is going to have to look different in this time. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, they're the creative ones in that space. Yeah. And, and working together just opens up a whole world of possibilities, yeah. I think. I guess it's fair to say that it is a brave new world mm. and we all need to kind of adapt as we step into this new space. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. Loved hearing your reflections. If you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you sign in at gbconline.org.au during our Sunday services and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've joined us on the podcast today and you've enjoyed the big three, be sure that you give us a star rating and subscribe to stay up to date in all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.